for all the little things that changed, Instagram hasn't changed. And that's what I actually try to get through to people is the strategies that we've been talking about, about how the algorithm works, about you know how to grow your account, how to use hashtags, how to create content. Most of those core strategies have not changed in years. Anna, I'm reminded of a French author, novelist, uh, journalist, Jean-Baptiste. I think it was in the uh, 19th century that said, you know, the more things change, the more things remain the same. I'm reminded of that as we hear today's guest on the Social Pros podcast. Yes, um, I am not totally up to date on my 19th century French critics, no. novelists and journalists. No. no, but I do know the phrase and I absolutely agree with you on this one. You know, it's it's funny because Jen Herman, our guest today, was on two years ago. And at that time, you and Jay had talked to her about IGTV, which had just came out. New thing. And today we talked to her about Reels, which also just came out recently. And I loved the point that she talked about, which is that exactly like you said, Adam, things have changed, yet they've stayed the same. Features might change, but core strategy is really still essential and critical and really hasn't changed much. Yeah. I mean, I like to break it into tactics and strategies and and strategies typically stay the stay the course and, and can be true years and maybe even decades later tactics are always going to change and i think uh jen gives us some great advice especially on instagram and tiktok and, and some of these new and evolving platforms but she also reminds us that this is all about good old storytelling and being authentic and genuine and great content is going to move needles Agreed. I think we should absolutely uh, go ahead and jump into her interview because she has a lot of fantastic insights, especially about uh, relating writing a book to childbirth, which parents out there I'm sure will appreciate and so understand. All right. So let's go ahead and hear from Jen Herman, Instagram expert um, and also author of The Ultimate Guide to Social Media Marketing. Jen Herman, Instagram expert, boomerang to the Social Pros podcast. It is so great to have you back on the show here in September of 2020. I think we had you on the show sometime in 2019, and you told us so many eloquent and amazing and insightful things about Instagram. And I know you're going to do the same thing today. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so excited to be back on this show. I didn't realize it had been that long. <laughs> it's, you know, inter- internet days are, I've always like to say internet years and social media right? years are like <laughs> dog years. You multiply by seven. Things <laughs> happen pretty quickly uh, in this world. Uh, you've also been very busy. I know you were one of the co-writers of the Ultimate Guide to Social Media Marketing, uh, which people can pick up at socialmediabook.shop. Tell us what what you've been up to. Tell us about the book. Tell us kind of what you're seeing in the Instagram land that we all know and love. Yeah, it's it's been busy. Uh, 
you know, everything, everyone's different this year now with, yeah. you know, COVID and working from home and, and different lifestyles. So, uh, as you know, many of us have related to, it's gone a lot of virtual. So I've had to adapt from traveling the world and doing all these amazing things I plan to do this year to doing them all from my computer, uh, which has definitely been a shift and, and been interesting, but having fun with it, uh, and definitely learning a lot in the process and actually able to connect with more people in some ways, because people are signing up for events virtually that they wouldn't normally attend in real life due to, you know, travel issues and expenses and things. So that's actually been really fun. Like you said, we we got the book out this year uh, that came out in August, Ultimate Guide to Social Media Marketing. So that's been keeping us busy. We uh, we had five authors on the book, myself and four others. And it was a huge launch campaign, which I, for me was actually a really fun experience. I've done a couple of dummies books where we were like, hey, we wrote a book. You know, this one was like, we had a launch team. We had a Facebook group. We had people out there promoting it for us. We, you know, did this whole campaign to, to promote the book and that kept us really busy, um, but it was super exciting. We're really happy with how it turned out and everything that kind of evolved from it. Uh, so that's been really fun to see that come out. And then of course, you know, Instagram just, you know, keeps me employed because it seems like every week there's some new rollout. There's something happening in the world that someone wants to send me an email or message and be like, what is this? Uh, but yeah, obviously reels is the big thing uh, that rolled out this year with Instagram. So I know we'll talk about that today, but that's keeping everyone on their toes. And it's interesting to see, you know, what they took from the Instagram side, what they took from the TikTok side, you know, and, and how they're trying to kind of meld the two uh, in terms of, keeping their audience on Instagram. And maybe we, we start there. I do want to come back and talk a little bit about the book uh, and especially writing and concluding <laughs> and finalizing a book during, you know, this crazy <laughs> virtual world that we're in. But but you're exactly right about Instagram and Reels and th so many things have uh, have changed. What what do you see as the, as the biggest change and what specifically when you're talking to uh, your, 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 your guests and your audiences virtually now, what part of Instagram are they most kind of confused or complexed about, you know, in all these new changes we've seen? And well, and it's funny because I actually like for all the little things that changed, Instagram hasn't changed. And that's what I actually try to get through to people is the strategies that we've been talking about, about how the algorithm works, about, you know, how to grow your account, how to use hashtags, how to create content. Most of those core strategies have not changed in years. The actual bulk of Instagram as a platform hasn't changed. Stories have evolved, reels have come out. There are these changes and nuances, but I think most people get so caught up in these changes that they think everything has changed. And they're like, the algorithm's changed and now I can't do this and I can only leave comments with so many words. And everyone starts freaking out about all of these changes and I'm like, but it didn't change anything. <laughs> it's just an add-on. It's another thing. Um, and that's one of the things I, I try to drive home to so many people is if you just focus on your core strategy, if you keep doing what you know is working for your audience, these other things are fun. They can augment what you're doing. Uh, but in general, Instagram is still Instagram. So I love, I, I want to jump right into it because you mentioned Reels. Now that is the one thing, even though Instagram really hasn't changed, they've introduced new features. And obviously, as Adam mentioned, the last time you were on, we talked about IGTV because that yeah. was new at the time. <laughs> and now we are looking at Reels. And one of the things that a lot of people are doing, and I know we've all seen it, and I really want to get your take on this, 
is the fact that people are treating reels exactly as they would TikTok. In fact, a lot of people are just porting over some of their TikTok content and wanted to get your take on that because the last time again you were here, you really honed in on the fact that every feature, every major feature within Instagram needs its own strategy. So want to hear your thoughts on the TikTok takeover of Reels. <laughs> uh, and I'm with you 100% on this, Anna. I, I am like, no, 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 no. Like, stop with the TikTok on Instagram. And it's not that you can't repurpose the content. If you want to save the original, you know, TikTok video without, you know, all the TikTok logos and everything on it and repurpose it in to your reels, I'm okay with that. But it is different. There's different features. It's a different platform. And it's one thing like when people were taking their short, you know, kind of TikTok videos and putting them in Instagram stories because they really liked them and it was a way to translate it. But you get to the point where you're like, you guys, stop screen, you know, grabbing your tweets and putting them on Facebook. It's the same thing, right? It's like you're taking something from someplace else and putting it over here because you're too lazy to come up with your own content. And I get it. Like, sometimes creating those videos is time consuming. Sometimes it really is, you know, you've spent hours in storyboarding and filming the video. So you just want to repurpose it. But in all reality, if you put that much time and energy into it, make it look good for the platform that it's on. Take the extra time to save the original raw file, throw it up on TikTok, and then throw it up on you know Instagram Reels as a separate component. I hate when people just like, you know, take the one over the other. Um, I have been telling people, you know, Reels Reels is a little clunky. Um, it, it definitely has some some help needed in terms of its its user interface and, and everything else. But what I've been telling people, if it makes it easier, film your videos in Instagram stories. You're probably more comfortable there. You know the nuances, you know how it works. Film your videos there, add your text boxes or things like that that have more you know, life to them than what there's available in Reels. Throw those onto your Instagram story video. Nothing interactive. You can't use the polls, questions, stickers, and those sorts of things because those clickability things won't translate when you put it on a Reel. But save the story video without actually posting it to your story. And now you have that raw video. Upload that to your Reel. Add a couple things, like add another filter or something, whatever you want to do, and then put that on Reels. That's a way to kind of get more comfortable within the Instagram platform, but still not having to do it exclusively within Reels. I love, love that advice, especially since stories is something that's been around for what, almost four years now, and we are comfortable with it. It almost feels like people are just now sometimes getting the hang of stories too, and really like fully utilizing all of the features and its capabilities. So just out of curiosity, because I, I do, as, as we're talking about reels and moving into it and becoming more comfortable, I'd hate to say it, but I do see a lot of brands kind of creating reels and even people creating reels that, um, are kind of like that Steve Buscemi meme from 30 Rock where it's like, how do you do fellow kids where they're trying to do something new and different and like not to discourage or dissuade anyone from doing it, but how can people actually do reels in an authentic way? Because it is so different. I mean, it's, it's, it really is taking a page from TikTok, which is really different from how we are used to communicating on social. So how can people do reels in a way that's authentic and genuine and feels like something they would create. Yeah. I mean, and th there's two things to this one, go watch other people's reels. Like, I don't care what 
platform it is, if something new comes out and you're not comfortable with it, go learn from the people who are doing it first. <laughs> like, right. Don't just do it yourself and go, oh, I know what I'm doing because you don't. Um, if you're used to TikTok, if you're used to stories and you're comfortable with that short form content, then jump into it. But if you're not super comfortable, go watch what other people are doing and figure out what resonates with you. What type of content? Not everything has to be, a, you know, a dance video, obviously. You know, there's things like, you know, National Geographic is creating incredibly, you know, good informational content and they're doing it in like, you know, super short video format. So go look and see what other brands that are doing in your space, brands, celebrities, people that you like and respect, go see what they're doing, get some inspiration, then figure out how you can translate that while staying consistent with your brand style. So I teach all my lives are webinar style. All of my content is education-based. If I came out and started doing like funny face videos, people would be like, okay, well, this is fun, but weird. Like it wouldn't translate to my brand. Not saying you can't do it, but if people expect certain types of content from you, that's what you want to do more of. So how do we translate that into short form, you know, reels type content, it may take some time, do some research, ask around, ask friends and family and other people and be like, if I did a, you know, a little 15 second or 30 second video on this, would you watch that? Would you like it? You know, get the feedback and then start creating your content. So what you're saying then is you don't have webinars coming up all in interpretive TikTok dance style. <laughs> Maybe I should try it, but no, no, I do hey, not. <laughs> always try it. That's Adam's next, his next right. webinar. It's actually on a pretty, pretty darn close. So that my next question, Jen, <laughs> oh, for no. you, and, and that is, you know, one of the things I think we, 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 we've even talked about on this show is how we saw a pendulum of tone, um, you know, six months ago really starts where, you know, humor was, was a bit muted. Uh, we saw the you know, idea of empathetic marketing. We're here for you. We're here to help. And, and all the attributes and trappings that came there, not just because of the pandemic, because of, 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 of civil unrest and, and just all the just gross unhappiness, quite frankly, we had. Are we starting to see that pendulum come back? Do brands now have more permission to kind of get a little bit more playful? Or is that still kind of a no-no zone, in your opinion, on Instagram? I would go with a yes and a no. Um, <laughs> I think yes, in the sense that at this point, we want happiness. We want lightheartedness. We want a dis like an escape from what we see with political season. Like you said, you know, civil unrest with, you know, everyone being trapped at home, people not knowing if they're going to keep their jobs into 2021. Like there is a lot of heavy, bad, exhausting content out there that we want to watch a stupid TikTok video, that we want to get lost in an Instagram story sequence, that we want to go down a rabbit hole of reels because it takes us away for that momentary, you know, escape from everything. So yes, if you can create that content that gives people that, you know, moment of happiness and, and a chance to kind of get away from all the craziness, absolutely. Now, that being said, you have to tread lightly. It's, you know, you can't just come out there and, you know, 
I would stay away from anything political for a brand these days. But then again, a lot of brands are taking stands and that's helping them. So you really have to decide what works for your brand, where you want to stand, where you want to make that stand. And you have to be sensitive to what is going on. And, you know, we can't be joking about COVID. We can't be joking about, you know, whether it's Black Lives Matter or any of those sorts of, um, you know, movements that are going right now, you, if you want to touch on them, those are things that have to be kept serious and respectful. But if you can, you know, show a video of your kid, you know, dancing to Michael Jackson or something crazy, maybe that's not the best analogy, but um, <laughs> I take that one back. Okay, let's let's not go down that road either. Understood. But you know what I mean. If you if you can do something that's fun and gives people that moment of alleviation then by all means, share that if, if that's on brand for you and give people that escape. Another interesting statistic, Jen, that I saw, I've seen actually just the past couple of days. Um, and I thought immediately about, about you coming up on this show. Uh, statistic is first going to sound like it has no relevance to social media, but it was, there's two data points. Uh, email open rates are up 28%. Uh, since the pandemic began, and desktop computer usage, so laptops or desktops, but Windows 10 usage up 30%. And the first place I kind of went when I was thinking about that was, what does that mean for social media usage, but specifically social media usage on the mobile device only platforms like TikTok and like Instagram? Thoughts, questions, curiosities towards that, because does that mean we've seen a drop? No, I think we've seen across the board increase in social media usage. But I think it's interesting that you have two platforms that are the most popular right now that are you know, essentially mobile only. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm not surprised by those stats. I don't think any of us who, who delve into why these things happen would be surprised by that. And yeah, people are at home, like <laughs> they're on their computers, like they're not when they're at work. Um, and I can see where we would see that increase because typically most people aren't going to log on to Facebook on their work computer. Or if they're at work, they're literally working and don't have time to be on the computer. Now that they're at home, they have more time on the computer or they're going to use Facebook on their home computer versus their phone because they're not avoiding the work computer and using their phone at work. So that totally makes sense in terms of, you know, something like Instagram and that mobile application. I definitely don't think we've seen a drop. I know for sure when, you know, COVID started, I mean, everybody and their mom went live on Instagram. I mean, you couldn't log into Instagram and not see 10 people live at the same time. It was overwhelming. And I think a lot of brands have realized I can't rely on brick and mortar. I can't rely on just my website. You know, people are on social media and I have to go there. So we're, we're seeing those upticks. We're seeing, you know, that difference. That being said, we still have to be aware of nuances and behavior of people. So right now, September, October, we're looking at that back to school. Parents are overwhelmed beyond, right? We're, we're trying to work from home. We're trying to keep our kids entertained. Now we're homeschooling or virtual learning. Everyone is, you know, ready to kill each other because they've been in their houses for six months with their family members. 
So social media has been going down maybe a little bit because people are dealing with other things. And now we're going to go into holiday season. So we're going to start to see that holiday spend. We're going to start to see people, you know, maybe going online more because they're not going to be traveling to see family. So we're going to see those ebbs and flows. And I think that's something to be aware of and how the at-home lifestyle is going to impact what we may be used to in normal ebbs and flows, we may see the opposites. We may see more of what we're used to. And I think that's something to just be aware of when it comes to your audience, how they're interacting, whether it is on mobile or desktop. The good thing is Instagram is giving more desktop functionality. So that was one of the big things uh, this year. And even a little bit in 2019, now you have, you know, direct messages on desktop. You can watch stories on desktop. You still can't upload. You still can't do a lot of things directly on Instagram.com, but they are giving more of that functionality. So if you are on your computer or, you know, whether you want to watch or create content, there is more place for you to do that on desktop now too. And take advantage of the fact that we're all on our computers all the time. (laughs) Do you think at any point in time, Instagram will make it super, super easy to just reshare like other platforms allow you to do, because I still am waiting for that and having my fingers crossed, you know, and this is one of those things like there's like, you know, everyone always wants to know about the link, you know, and you know, when can we get links and everyone wants to know when we can share content. Um, to be honest, I don't know. I wish I had the super secret bat phone that, you know, Instagram would tell me, but even then they'd be like, don't tell anybody. So I, I still wouldn't be able to say anything. Um, but no, you know, the fact that they allow you to share a post to a story was kind of like, Hey, we're going to give you a little something. I don't know if they ever will um, do that full shareable functionality. And I think a lot of it comes down to what Instagram was designed to do and how it's meant to create content. Now, that being said, of course, we've seen the Facebookification of Instagram. We've seen so many Facebook behaviors be implemented on Instagram. So there's nothing, nothing to say that that wouldn't happen, that we wouldn't get that shareability at some point. But it is one of those things that it it makes it your content when you can't share. Um, and while it's fun to be able to share some things, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people would take advantage of that. Um, I feel like it would be great for brands. We'd be like, yes, share my content with the world and tell everybody about my product or service. But I feel like there would be more bad than there would good in terms of how people share content. And, you know, algorithmically and in terms of what, you want for your frequency rate and what performs well on Instagram, I think people would get lazy with shareability. And I think it would be a detriment to the quality of content and experience that we see on the platform. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I definitely am happy to not have it be any more Facebook eyes, but it's just super interesting when you take a step back and see how much Instagram has taken from other platforms and the functionality and the features and in some cases directly the exact same thing. (laughs) But that's like, you know, they've stayed really staunch on not integrating a few key features that others have. So fascinating. It is. I want to kind of bring us back to uh, your great book, The Ultimate Guide to Social Media Marketing that you said you co-wrote. Yes. During the pandemic with five <laughs> other authors. In fact, Amanda Robinson was on the show. I guess uh, we recorded it about a month or two ago. Um, and she told us about you know the great experience that, that she had in working on that with you and, and your other colleagues. Just curious, 
two kind of ideas I want to I want to talk about with the book because uh, it's it's a fantastic one, and this is something that all of our listeners should uh, should check out at socialmediabook.shop. A, how did you do this uh, virtually during this situation? And B, how did you break up the book in terms of topics because each of you kind of approach social media slightly differently. Yeah. So in terms of writing it, fortunately, I mean, we're all spread around the world and we're used to being virtual anyway. So we, the whole thing was virtual. Um, launching it was interesting, um, doing that virtual for sure. And not being able to do book signings, not being able to take it to events and literally hold it up and be like, buy the book, people. Um, but instead holding it up on camera and being like, buy the book, people. <laughs> so that that was a little bit different. Um, you know. But yeah, in terms of everything we had, Eric was kind of, uh, well, Eric was the lead, as was Mike and Eric were pretty much the leads in terms of the project management side. So they would oversee, you know, coordinating with the editors and the publisher and make sure that everything was on schedule, making sure everything was submitted. If there were questions back and forth, they kind of, you know, mediated all of that for us, which made it super easy for for the other three of us because we were like, great, tell me what to do. Done. (laughs) Tell me what to do. Done. Uh, So I definitely recommend if you're working with multiple people, have that one person in charge that kind of takes responsibility for the distribution of, of work. And then that being said, in terms of um, breaking it up, we really wrote the table of contents first. And we wanted that to flow in terms of every aspect of social media, from getting started, from beginner level to you know intermediate and more advanced level tactics and everything in between, not just individual platforms, but we talk about strategy. Uh, we talk about campaign management. We talk about paid advertising. We talk about influencer marketing. So we started you know, putting that all together in a good flow for the book. And then it was like, okay, who wants to write about what, you know, that's a good starting point. And so we started assigning, you know, kind of based on that and then looked at what was left and said, okay, well, this ties into your skill set. Like I'm really big on strategy. So I took on, you know, a little bit of that role and responsibility. Obviously, Amanda took paid advertising because that's what she does. Uh, you know, Mike Alton took influencer marketing because that's a lot of what he does working at Agora Pulse as the brand ambassador. So it, we found places where we were natural fits. Um, and then we took over, you know, kind of again, Mike. Uh, did final edits. So he would go through all of our content and made sure that it sounded the same because that's the other problem is you have five people who write very differently and how do you make the book sound cohesive? So, and Mike is the most eloquent, most just genius writer I've ever met. And the guy could literally like the other day, I'm not even joking. We, I, somebody asked a question in my Facebook group and an hour later, he's like, here, I wrote you a blog post. And I'm like, what? what? Like you wrote a whole blog post to answer her question. And it's been like 48 minutes. Like, who are you? Um, but so he was able to take our content and then add some stories and anecdotes and knowing what was in the previous chapters, tie it all together. So all kudos go, you know, to Mike for making it a streamlined, cohesive, well-organized book that sounds like it was all one big giant plan. (laughs) 
an, an amazing editor is always undervalued, um, especially somebody or just anybody who can really yeah. tie everything together and really edit and stitch things together. So you have written several other books and specifically Instagram for dummies, Instagram for business for dummies. So yeah. you, this is, this is not new for you. Maybe the format writing in a pandemic was, but not actually <laughs> writing a book. Were others on the team authors before, or did you have to kind of prep them on the book process and how, how intense it really is? <laughs> yeah, it's not fun. Um, I so I, I warned. So Eric, my my co-author on the Dummies books, was <clears throat> excuse me was our co-author on this one as well. So he's written like twenty some odd books. This is literally what he does for a living. Uh, so he obviously was well versed in this. Mike, Steph, and Amanda had not ever published a book before. And I'm sure you can relate to this, having you know worked with Jay and all the things. But I related it to pregnancy. And I was like, the first few months are kind of fun, but it's kind of not because you got the morning sickness and you're kind of like, you know, you're kind of like, this is stressful. Am I going to get through this? Do I really want to do this? Then you get to the point where you're like, it's coming together. It looks really good. Like you're kind of excited to show it off. Right. Then you get to the end of it and you're like, oh my God, when is this going to end? Right. You're like third trimester. You are over it. Just get this thing done. Then you have the baby, AKA the book comes out. And you're in launch mode and everybody loves the baby and everybody's giving you all the accolades and it's just so much fun. And you get pregnancy brain and you forget how horrible the experience was. And you think, let's do it again. Let's have another baby. And then you go through it all again and you go, why? Why did I do this? <laughs> and that is how it feels to write a book. It is horrible and wonderful and everything is worth it in the long run. But it's, yeah, I, I definitely use that analogy to explain why we're going to hate it, um, how we're going to probably hate each other at some point, and then it'll all be worth it in the end. I, I don't know how to follow that up. Uh, well, I, had, I, had a, I had a perfect follow-up question, all ready to go, uh, and 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 I, I was literally laughing through, uh, with the thank goodness for mute buttons uh, here right. on the uh, on the podcasting uh, app. But I am going to plow through with my my, my second question because I think it's it's interesting. I think it's interesting for authors like both of you, and I think it's interesting for 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 readers like me, Jen. You know, so many of your books, the the Dummies books, and and this book, The Ultimate Guide to Social media marketing are such a great balance of strategies and tactics. And you probably know better than anyone, the challenge of writing books on, on, on a moving target, a subject that is always changing and always evolving. So my question is kind of two parts. And that is, how do you kind of balance you know, a writing of a of a book that's giving advice and training and education on a topic that by the time you even get done with writing just one chapter might be out of date. So how do you do that part one? And number two, was there any particular part of this book that after you wrote it, you had to go back and kind of make some changes because my goodness, Instagram had already changed half the things that you had talked about? That was definitely a bigger issue writing the dummies books. Um, we're actually writing version 2.0 of Instagram for business right now. And yeah, you literally submit the chapter to the editor and two days later, they're like, oh, guess what? And you're like, oh, now you have to go get all brand new screenshots and you have to make new references to, you know, how to navigate through something. And that is absolutely frustrating. Um, one of the things that, you know, I always tell people is, 
the individual, you know, action of checking your insights, of uploading a post, you know, how to, you know, edit a story, something, those may change. But the core aspect of what we're teaching in these books doesn't change. You know, influencer marketing today is slightly different than it was two years ago. Yes. And it will probably be different again in in two years from now. But the general concepts stay the same. Writing a social media strategy, pretty much, you know, evergreen content. Yes, nuances will change. Some metrics may change. But the general context of how to get started, how to navigate, how to get to where you want your goals to be, that's pretty much evergreen. So that's what I usually tell people to focus on whenever they buy any of these books. And we all know, I mean, you know, and, and Jay knows, like it's it's hard to write a book these days because it everything does become outdated pretty quickly. And it's easier to read a blog that you know was written last week and you know is accurate. But that being said, it's it's definitely, you know, if you have that evergreen content and if you have those strategies in place that people can rely on, that book is still valuable two, three, four years later. Some of our favorite make, you know, marketing books, you know, we read them 10 years ago and we're still using those strategies today. So like, and especially with the, the ultimate guide to social media marketing, the, the tactics in there with the exception of, you know, here's the size of a Facebook photo. Yes, that kind of stuff will obviously change at some point. But for right now, they're accurate. <laughs> and, you know, and at least all the strategies and the core concepts that are built in there, we know those will stay true for a long time. And I think that's so true. I literally have a, a book here on my bookshelf, Ogilvy on advertising that David Ogilvy, I think, wrote in the late 60s, early 70s. And that's where he uh, kind of introduced the idea of a unique selling proposition. And here we are, you know, yeah. 50, 50 years later, and that is still true. Now, as you said, the tactics are, are so different, uh, but the, the strategies, and just as you said, social strategies are, are very evergreen. Great, great thoughts. Thanks. I feel like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> you do know what you're doing. <laughs> well, speaking of libraries, everybody should add the ultimate guide to social media marketing to their library. And once again, you can get that book at socialmediabook.com shop. Jen, thank you so much once again for being on with us. This was fantastic. As always, we have the final two questions. You have answered them before. So okay, we know, we know what they are. On the hot seat. <laughs> they, no, they're the same questions. So you, you can either, um, I don't even know if you remember what you answered uh, two years ago, but we'll see if how much that changes. So the final two questions. First question, if you could give one piece of advice to anyone who wants to become a social pro, what would it be? This is probably the same answer. <clears throat> so I would say have a voice, have an opinion. Um, <clears throat> sorry, need to have some more tea apparently. Um, what I, I always tell people, if you wanna stand out, you have to stand out from the noise. You know, regardless of what it is, regardless of the topic, there are plenty of other people out there saying something about that topic and just regurgitating what everyone else is saying is not going to allow you to stand out. It's not going to allow you to build your brand. It's not going to allow you to, you know, stand out from that noise. So have an opinion, you know, whether in agreement or disagreement with the popular opinion. You don't have to be rude. You don't have to be disrespectful, but you have to have an opinion and you have to be prepared to back that opinion up. Um, but I, I always say, you know, from the beginning, I, I had no problem going on a podcast. I had no problem writing a blog post with very strong opinions, but that's what people want. They want to understand 
you know, from a different component. They want to understand somebody who believes the same way they do uh, and things like that. And whatever industry you're in, if you are active in that industry and if you know what you're talking about, you have an opinion. Don't be afraid to share it. Love it. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's why we flock to see people speak at conferences and we buy books and yep. uh, agree. All right, Jen, second and final question. If you could have a video conference call with any living person, who would it be and why? This is easy. It would be Bethany Frankel from Real Housewives of New York and all of the Skinny Girl brand. I love her. Um, I always say she's just crazy enough to be cool crazy. <laughs> and I think her and I have a ton of uh, similarities in, you know, life and what we've gone through with, you know, family, kids, things like that. Uh, so there's that aspect. But she's just such an incredibly smart, uh, resilient, wonderful businesswoman that I would love to, you know, just talk business with her and, and not just to pick her brain, but to just genuinely learn from her. And, and I just think she would be so much fun to hang out with. That actually was your answer from the yeah. last podcast too. So I still haven't got a chance to hang out with her. I'm like, I think we got it. We got to get her on the show. Yeah, I know. We got to, we got to do like a surprise social pros and, and right? then just, That'd yeah. Be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. I love it. Um, Jen Herman, thank you once again so much for being on. Everybody, again, go out right now, grab the ultimate guide to social media marketing, socialmediabook.shop. Grab it today. And also, once again, thank you for tuning in and listening to Social Pros. Um, on behalf of Adam and, of course, Jay, who couldn't be with us today, thank you so much for listening. And this has been what we hope is your favorite podcast ever social pros.